Welcome to Cran Conversations. I am joined today by Anthony from Die by the Blade, our fellow sister SBN blog covering all things Buffalers, Buffalo Sabres. I don't know who the Buffalo are. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Anthony. Thank you so much for having me, Robin. I'm uh, very excited to be here, and uh, especially after our awesome Canadian Thanksgiving win today. Oh, are you in Canada? We are not, but I guess so. Buffalo is so close to Canada that every year we have a home game on Canadian Thanksgiving that starts at three o'clock that no one locally can attend. But we have so many fans in Southern Ontario who make the trip, so it, it actually fills up pretty easily, regardless. Nice. Well, uh, since the Buffalo Sabres did win today, let's start with that. So, how did they look today, in your opinion? They look good. I mean, Ralph Kruger, give him a lot of credit because he's he's kind of returning this year with a lot of the same faces. Granted, they've made some pretty substantial changes on the blue line, but he's implemented a system and really maximized the talent and um, kind of specialization of all of his lines. And he's doing a really nice job to start. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit a little bit jaded because uh, last year we had that 10 game winning streak that went massively awry uh, as the season went on. So starting the season 5-0-1 is really, really cool. Uh, I've got tempered, realistic expectations, but hey, I'm having a good time. That's a, an interesting point, because um, one thing is that the Sabres look really, really good. They they look like they've filled most of their holes. I think the really the only big question is is in net. I mean, the Sabres are carrying three goalies. So who's who's the starter and why three goalies? Well, so the starter right now, and we've kind of got like a 1A, 1B situation with Carter Hutton and Linus Allmark. Uh, so I would say Hutton is still our starter. Uh, he had a fantastic game today. He had his actually first shutout as a Sabre. He didn't have any last year. Uh, and, and Allmark had a phenomenal game against Florida last Friday. I think he saved 97.3% of his saves. So, I mean, fantastic. Uh, but the third goalie is Uko Pekalukunen. So his whole deal is he's injured. He's on IR right now, and they want him perceivably they want him uh rehabbing in buffalo and and not necessarily in rochester but once he's fully healthy they'll send him down and he'll serve as either the starter or backup with the amerks okay that makes a lot more sense because i i know arizona was carrying three goalies to start the year but that's because they were trying Mm -hmm. to slowly get on tiranta back to full speed without trying to put too much pressure on him so I was like, right. <laughs> I don't know anybody else is really carrying three goalies for something kind of that ultra specific. So it was, it was interesting to see it on the roster. Right, right. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 strictly an injury thing. Had he yeah, he had off season surgery on his hip. Uh, had he started the season completely healthy, he'd have began right in Rochester, uh, most likely. So yeah, I'm guessing it's just everyone's kind of speculating that it's just that they want him around the Buffalo team doctors as he's rehabbing, which which makes total sense. But uh, to to your initial question, yeah, Carter Hutton and Lena Salmark, I'm expecting kind of like a 50-32 ish kind of split this year between the two of them. But that could obviously change if one of them gets hot or kind of, you know, really takes the reins. Who do you expect to really take that 50 game mark? I think it'll be Hutton. Uh, he, you know, he's 34 years old. He's the veteran presence. I mean, goalies take longer to, to cook, so to speak. So uh, Allmark being 25, 26 years old isn't such a huge sticking point. I mean, last year was his first full season in the NHL, and he had some growing pains, but he still has potential. Uh, he still flashes brilliance. I mean, he'll put together two, three games in a row where he's over 95%, but then he does the same thing the other way where he'll do two to three games where he's under 85 So. Uh, he, it's consistency with him. The talent is certainly there and his ceiling is, is very high. Uh, but Allmark gives you a little bit more, or I'm sorry, Hutton, beg your pardon, gives you a little bit more of that consistency. And he, he, he doesn't put together as, as just many stinkers, right? He doesn't have those games where he's saving 80% and losing you the game, right? It's just kind of that, uh, veteran presence he brings where he never gets too high or low, so to speak. Um, but again, I would not be surprised at all if Allmark gets hot and, and kind of takes the job. But if you're asking me as of today, I think that's that Hutton's going to be your 1A pretty much for the whole year. Okay. So I know it's only been six games, but, you know, as I said earlier, the, the Sabres do look really good. They look really solid. I mean, is it is it okay to call them a for sure thing? <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> um and, and that's coming from someone who's and i only laugh because i'm so jaded i mean we we hold the longest playoff drought in the nhl right now oh. so so i mean man we could start the year 20 and one and i'd still be nervous uh but no they, they do look a lot better and and i think a lot of that has started uh, on the back end because that's where they made the big renovations right they added henry yokiharu when they traded alex nylander to uh chicago one for one uh, they added Colin Miller when they gave Vegas a second and I believe a third round pick in 2021 for his services. And they and at the trade deadline last year, they added Brandon Montour from the Ducks, who is currently injured, but he'll help contribute to that as well. So they've done a really nice job of revamping that blue line. Rasmus Dahlin is obviously the real deal. I mean, his upward trajectory is sky high. Uh, and, and, you know, he's he's leading he's tied for the team lead, I want to say, in points. Maybe Eichel kind of surpassed him today. I haven't looked since uh, today's game, but he's he's playing really, really well. So I think uh, that they've really been able to orchestrate zone exits a lot better and facilitate the offensive rush for the forwards, who largely are pretty much the same group of guys from last year, save for, you know, uh, Victor Olofsson, who, who graduated from the AHL and Marcus Johansson, who uh, was a free agent signing kind of late in the game in July. But he's he's been fantastic too. But really, I think the the whole thing has been the defense and just kind of the renovation that's been made on that back end. They're allowing fewer high danger chances while also commissioning zone exits and maintaining offensive pressure to a greater extent. So I, I think hat off to Jason Botterill. I mean, he kind of took this one step at a time and, and started with the blue line, and it's paying dividends early. Yeah, they, they definitely. I mean, just even watching the the Sabers, they look fun and they look like they're having fun and I, I guess I mean that's that's always kind of the key right is is the guys themselves have to look like they're enjoying the game it can't be a chore 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think of Jeff Skinner, who during the 10 game win streak, I mean, it looked like that dude just had a smile plastered on his face the entire time last year. And then when they started losing his his whole thing was just kind of meh, you know, he had that RBF going on. So uh, yeah, I, I, you're right, though. They look like they're having fun. The power play is really, really exciting with Olafson just bringing an absolute cannon on that right side. Uh, he's been a breath of fresh air in that regard. Every, everything looks better. I mean, they're playing really well, and, and Kruger seems to, you know, have have his plan kind of set in stone at the moment. But but he's he's flexible too, and you know, some of the adjustments he makes in games haven't been the most popular. You know, I, I think against Florida, he sat Rasmus Dahlin for the last eight to ten minutes of the period just to try and preserve a lead. You know, putting his more defensively sound perceivably defensively sound, I should say, guys back there, but which was a little head-scratching because Darlene is probably your best all-around asset on that blue line. But again, overall, I, it's really hard to complain with anything he's done. I mean, team's 5-0-1. They haven't lost in regulation yet, and uh, they, they've started a lot hard, hotter than uh, pretty much anyone anticipated. That's definitely for sure. I mean, I, I think there were still a lot of questions about Buffalo after last year, and I mean, I guess I guess it's fair to say that every every time you come into a new season, of course, it's a blank slate. Yeah, but there are still some, I don't know, doubts or whatever about the Sabres because they let's just put it this way. The Sabres in the spring, they they, they don't always look that great. No, that that is a hundred percent the case, and I, I I would argue early winter, uh, but I think December is when really the downward spiral started. I think it was after the ten game streak. If you had taken, if you had like extrapolated their record after that throughout an entire season, they would have been either just as bad or maybe slightly worse than the Senators were last season. So they really really plummeted. So again, that's that's why I kind of chuckled at the you know question of are they assured thing because we've seen before. I think they metrically at their highest last year they had something like a 94 percent chance of qualifying for the playoffs and absolutely just fell on their face in magnificent fashion so i'm gonna take the wins as they come and and be really excited and if it's still going on in late february then i'll then i'll start you know putting the optimism hat on um weren't some key guys injured like late in the season last year uh, a, a couple guys, you know, overall last season, the Sabres were one of the healthier teams in the league. But yeah, I think uh, toward the end of the year, they, they lost a couple people, but not, nothing to that should have really derailed them at all to the extent that they did. I mean, on the blue line, especially, they were extremely healthy. I mean, they got a full season out of Zach Bogosian for the first time since he was a Winnipeg Jet. So uh, yeah, overall, the, the medical staff or, or the conditioning staff, I guess I should say, did a really good job and, and the players did a great job of staying on the ice. But uh yeah, we're, we're hoping for that same fortune again. Well, fingers crossed for you. Although Brandon Montour is already starting the year off on IR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had off-season surgery too. It was kind of like the, the theme of the off-season. Him, Lawrence Pilot, and Uka Pekalukanen all had surgeries in the off-season. Well, hopefully that means good things for the Sabres down the stretch. I mean, the, the fans have suffered long enough. Oh, goodness. Yes. Yes, we have. <laughs> and it's our 50th season, so that'd be nice to kind of change the tides, so to speak. Oh, it's uh, Sabres. 50- so Sabres and Vancouver both celebrating their 50th anniversaries this year. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Brothers in expansion and brothers in suffering as neither of us have a Stanley Cup at the moment. 
at the moment, but you never know that can change. I mean, you got Jack Eichel. You never know. Maybe they'll see each other this year. Who knows? That would be the craziest thing. I think people would... That'd be amazing. People would just start screaming, you know, uh, conspiracy theories from the, the top <laughs> of every building, the, from the, the biggest mountain in Buffalo. They'd be like... No, it's not possible that these two seasons celebrating their 50th anniversaries go from terrible to Stanley Cup finalists in this in like at once. I don't know. It would be funny, though. It would be like when the Harbaugh brothers met in the Super Bowl in like 2012 or whatever with Baltimore and San Fran. Yes. Oh, let's not revisit that game. That was an awful game. <laughs> um, OK, <laughs> speaking of the blue line. Because uh, we had talked about that a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Old friend Colin Miller. I call him old friend, even though he never really played for the Kings. But he was drafted into LA system before they traded him to Boston for Mila Lucic in a trade that was spectacularly bad that everybody saw coming from 100 miles away, except Dean Lombardi. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's really known for being more of like an offensive guy, really utilizing his speed and kind of at least when he was here and briefly in Boston, he kind of was, he had a few lapses in his defensive game. Um, do you think he's fitting in so far with the, uh, with the Sabres? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, analytically, Colin Miller is a very uh, across the board consensus net positive impact on defense right and he's he's really done a great job of contributing on that second power play for the Sabres so far uh he, he's laying the body a little bit he's doing a great job in the defensive zone uh and I, you know he's he's paired with Rasmus Dahlin which pretty much anyone who you pair with Dahlin is gonna look perhaps you know better than they are but even last year in Vegas though he was you know on the third pairing taking uh, easier competition minutes let's say he's really done a great job of, of adjusting in buffalo to, to eating more minutes and, and playing a little bit more of a uh, responsible role in the d zone so yeah early returns on him are absolutely fantastic oh that's nice to hear i kind of miss him i was really pissed off when when the kings traded him i was like no <laughs> it was funny because at the time it didn't look like he had a shot at cracking LA's roster because at the time they were insanely deep on defense and it was just like he had too many holes in his game when he was 22 years old. But five years changes quite a bit of things. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's really come into his own and and I I think playing in that up-tempo kind of uh, analytically focused, let's say Vegas system uh, under Gallant. I mean, he did a great job there, and that he was just kind of a, a victim of a cap game and a numbers game over there. So, so the Sabers kind of were able to capitalize on Vegas needing to get rid of a body. So they really got him at an awesome price in that trade, and yeah, they're they're reaping the benefits for sure. And uh, a lot of Kings fans were really familiar with Zach Bogosian, but only in the sense that at the in the in the draft, it came down to Bogosian and Dowdy, and this is still it's funny to me because it's it's still one of the like hot button topics in LA because everybody still <laughs> I don't know why, but people love to rehash that draft. So Dowdy went number two, and Bogosian I think went number three or four overall. Um, healthy mm-hmm. season? Did it really make a huge difference for the Sabers? <laughs> mm, no, I, 
So <laughs> Zach Bogosian is a, an okay defenseman when he's totally healthy, right? And I, I have to wonder a little bit how those co- injuries he's had throughout his career ha- have kind of even affected what a healthy Zach Bogosian even is at this point. You know what I mean? It just just how much that's kind of deteriorated his, his overall just composition a, as a human being. Um, he's he's fine. I mean, he when he's healthy, he's a a decent third pairing defenseman in my opinion. But if anyone wants to debate who's better between Bogosian or Doughty, I'll, I'll have that debate with them. I mean, that that's, that would be absolutely just insane to take the Bogosian side in my opinion. I mean, it, health issues aside, I mean, Drew Doughty in my opinion is clearly the better defenseman. It's, it's just, I mean, you never know what you're going to get with somebody who's 18 years old. I mean, it's just kind of funny right. to me. Yeah, I mean, Bogosian does some nice things offensively, and don't get me wrong. I mean, early in his career, he had, he had a ton of promise, but again, I I still wonder just what exactly does a healthy Bogosian mean? Does it mean he's just playing through the the elements that are still nagging him, or what? Because he's, I mean, he's not an old guy. I think he's only twenty eight, but he he definitely has the impact, let's say, of like a thirty six year old defenseman. Oh, poor Bogosian. I I mean, it, it just is. Seeing his face when he was, you know, 18 years old at the draft, that's always kind of stuck in my mind. It's always, <laughs> it's so hard to kind of crush somebody's dream. In <laughs> <laughs> that super cool powder oh, blue Atlanta gosh. Thrashers jersey. Uh, all right. So the Sabres <laughs> are coming to town on Thursday. Um, I think up until last year, the Sabres hadn't won at Staples Center in like almost, well, Staples Center celebrating its 20th anniversary. So I don't think they'd ever won at Staples Center or they hadn't won in, like, well over a decade. So, Sabres, much improved. What do you think we're going to see on Thursday? Well, that's a good question. I mean, this uh, we were talking about, we have an event that we attend uh, with the BTB podcast. It's the Buffalo Potathon, and, and you know, we had it this past weekend, and we kind of talked about, uh, we had a little roundtable discussion as to what would be the Sabres' first big test, you know, of the season because they've played some backup goalies. They played a couple teams who who didn't who haven't gotten off to very good starts and and are you know maybe looking like paper tigers a little bit. Uh, and my answer was this West Coast road trip. I mean, it's going to be I think very telling. You're playing three teams who are you know are, they're not bad. They're, they're you know two of them I, I think are, are actually quite good. So. Um, against LA specifically, uh, I mean, we, I just want to see, want to see consistency. I, I want the same things that, that we've been seeing on the back end to continue. I want to see them kind of continue to focus on maintaining possession, which has been kind of the hallmark of Kruger's system, if you will, to this point. Uh, but, but, you know, no, no, I mean, NHL is a league of parody, right? And, and every game is, is a toss up. The worst team can beat the best team. So it doesn't really matter how hot the Sabres are. They got to come ready to play and, at the same way, it's it's tough for uh, Western Conference teams to come out east and, and put together a strong trip. It's it's the same deal, vice versa. So uh, I think this trip will be very telling of, of where the Sabres stand at this point and uh, what they need to improve on. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there you really never know who's going to have a great night and who's, who's going to have a really crappy night. And the best teams can look like the worst teams, and, and you never know when. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was looking at uh, Sean Shapiro's charts earlier, and I thought some I found something really interesting. 
the Buffalo Sabres are leading the Atlantic Division in fancy stats. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like shots for, um, shots against, and just cut, and uh, expected goals, like all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is really the driving force behind this? Uh, well, I want to say the system is kind of the driving force right now. Uh, they're they're do, like I said, they're doing a really really great job of maintaining possession and and kind of pushing the pace. Um, I, I think I'll go back to kind of what I said in the beginning. Uh, just that pressure that's coming from the back end and their ability to exit the zone and and not allow opponents to sustain pressure in front of Carter Hutton and Linus Allmark has been a really 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 important point in my opinion. Uh, I mean, against Dallas today, you, you saw it firsthand. I mean, they they just absolutely dominated possession in that game, and and they got rewarded for it. So um, I don't know if it's any one singular player. I mean, uh, a lot of those charts are, are focused on five-on-five, five, but, you know, the power play has been a huge, huge boost as well. Uh, Victor Olofsson's emergence and, and Rasmus Dahlin replacing Rasmus Ristolainen on that first unit has been a big deal. So, yeah, I, I think everything is just kind of clicking right now. And even the smaller kind of peripheral concerns that the analytics guys have, uh, you know, just just a lack of optimization in certain areas are, are are just that peripheral, right? They're they're not a big deal because of how successful and how analytically sound the Sabers look right now. Hmm. So that uh, is it. They're clicking, or is it that Jason Botterill and Ralph Kruger have designed something that? is uh, seeing success or is it both? Well, I think, I think it's systemically based. Um, I think Kruger is doing uh, the best job I've seen a Buffalo head coach do in a very long time of optimizing his player's skill set and putting everyone in a position to succeed. I mean, last year for here's a great example their de facto fourth line of Zemgis Gergensen's, Johan Larson, and Kyle Oposo, they were very, very sound analytically from a defensive standpoint, but really provided nothing in terms of offense. This year, they're pushing the pace. They have zone exit assets on the back end to help them kind of commission the rush a little bit. So they're, they're being optimized as a group too. So it's, again, I think it just is from top to bottom, the coach is really putting his guys in a position to succeed and, and just taking advantage of, of their respective talents. Well, it should be an interesting game. Um, it is a back-to-back for, for Buffalo. So any predictions, like who are mm-hmm. we going to see, what we're going to see in the game, do you think it'll be close, et cetera, et cetera? Well, let's start in net. I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a toss-up. I, I think after the performance he had today, it'd be pretty tough to not play Hutton against Anaheim in that first game of the road trip. But if he does play against Anaheim, you'll probably see Linus Allmark uh, against the Kings. So, and, and again, they're, they're a little bit 50-50. I think it, it just kind of depends on, on the night they're having. Um, but, you know, I, again, it's, it's, it's a little bit tough to predict. I mean... You know, I think everybody had the Sabres and Kings relatively similarly projected uh, in terms of overall standings at the end of the year. Obviously, Buffalo's out to a little bit hot of a start. Um, but, you know, I, I think if they can put together a strong performance against Anaheim and, and perhaps maybe not go to overtime or not have just a, an absolute physically killer of a game, they, they 
you know, they may be able to win on that back-to-back. But it, again, it's really tough playing two games in two nights, and especially on a Western Conference road trip. So you never know. All right. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for joining me today, and good luck to the Buffalo Sabres this season. Yeah, Robin, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. All right. You have a good one.